Hi, and welcome to Does This Make Me Look Old? A podcast about aging as gracefully as possible when you're just not ready. We're two 40-something-year-old friends who find themselves kind of straddling that really odd period of time when aging and everything that it's associated with is starting to become a much bigger part of our lives. We're definitely curious, but at the same time, rather terrified about aging. I'm Shiv. I'm a health science nerd and pop culture fiend. And I'm Sim, an adult in waiting, obsessed with finance and self-help books. We're going to be talking about the stereotypes of aging and how they affect us. And we'll also be doing some deeper dives um, into some interesting topics, such as what it's like to get old in the society, dating when you're older, and scientific advancements in anti-aging products, and even evolution and scientific thinking around aging. And throughout it all, we chat, rant, laugh about our adulting mishaps, of which there are so, so, so many. So join us as we navigate our second quarter-life crisis. Hi, I'm Sim. And I'm Shiv. And welcome to this week's episode of Does This Make Me Look Old? Where two friends get together and chat about all things related to getting older. Yeah, hi. So today we actually had a I think it's an interesting topic because, uh, you know, we were doing some we were doing some uh, research into myths about getting older, and uh, we came across this uh, interesting, I guess, publication that the WHO put out called "Demystifying the Myths of Aging," and they actually had a number of these myths around aging, and uh, we were going to just discuss a few of them and see, you know, how we felt about them, whether or not we buy into them. Um, and, uh, yeah. So did you want to go into the first myth? Um, sure. So the first one, it's, it's one, it's a well-known adage, I think, right? Like, and people use it all the time and it's, um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. So what, how, so what do you think about that? Do you think that that's true? I would like to think it's not. Um, I, I feel, well, I don't know. Did I tell you that um, this summer I started to learn how to swim? Oh, no, I didn't hear. Yeah, no, no. So tell us more about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so I have this weird, insane fear that I'm somehow going to die death by drowning. Right? Like, <laughs> essentially, it's something, it's like one of those irrational fears. Yeah. Um, don't know why. Never had a bad experience or anything like that, but it's just one of those things where I love the concept of swimming. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it looks amazing. It looks like fun, but I've never learned how to swim. Okay. And, um, and every time I go into the pool, I kind of freak out, like in terms of, you know, like I want to, I stay at the edge, um, you know, I guess side effect of not knowing how to swim. Yeah. So, um, what ended up happening though, is at one point I think I'm like, you know what, that's it. No, things have to change. So I took swimming lessons this past summer and I have to say, I'm pretty, well, I'm not good. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was starting to sound way too confident there for a second. But I have to say, like, now I can float. I can um, do the front crawl. Yep. Um, you know, I haven't mastered the backstroke yet. But getting there and, and you know, um, I mean... The pandemic put an end to yeah. my practice sessions. I mean, but, put an end to a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, um, you know, but I feel confident enough that when things open up, uh, I can continue those lessons and get better. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I fully buy into it, but maybe. No, I, I mean, yeah, like I, I certainly don't buy into it. And that's because, uh, 
like that's because of my own personal experience. Like my mother, well, my mother's a superpower <laughs> to be honest. Like, so she, like when she was younger, she like got her master's in zoology, but then because like she's from India and like when we came over, um, you know, her, like her master's degree wasn't recognized. So she took a little break in order to, you know, raise us. And then, but then like when I, when she was in her forties, she decided to just go back to school and do another master's. Really? Yeah. Well, I so didn't they, know that yeah, about your mom. So she, no, no. Yeah. So she like wrote a master's thesis and like, so she got a second master's and <laughs> like in food microbiology and then, yeah. And then she went and did like research in, in like a totally different field. So like, I, yeah, I don't, I, I like from my personal experience, I don't believe that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, oh, every, I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I didn't actually know that about your mom. That yeah. was so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. And so, like, I, th- I think that, uh, yeah, I think that when you, under, like, you, I think that people do underestimate what you can learn at an older age. So what about that, I guess, you know how people think that um, as you get older, your cognitive abilities dis- dissipate or you don't have enough energy to do all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, I think it's really person dependent, right? right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, no, seems like that. I actually, one of my dad's friends, um, he is a, a professor. Yeah. Um, and, um, but somehow his name came up the other day at, at dinner when an, uh, I was having dinner with my folks and my dad mentioned that apparently he went to med school now. Wow. He's going to med school, not went. He's going to med school now. That's awesome. He's just decided that, you know what? I always wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's great that I've been teaching all this time, but I kind of, you know, want to make that dream come true. And he applied and he got in and he's now studying again. That's awesome. Right? How how old is he? I mean, my dad is what, 67? Wow. Yeah, so he must be around that age. That's awesome. Holy crap. I mean, I don't know if he's going to practice or anything, but I think, you know, but still. Yeah. Um, I think that it's I, I amazing. would think he probably would, though. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he wouldn't go through all that trouble and then just be like, no, sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so okay. So that de- myth definitely debunked. Yeah. What is the... Based off of three people. Based off of three people. <laughs> Uh, hey, listen, we're being extremely scientific here, okay? Um, but where does um, what WHO? WHO stand? Okay, yeah. So basically, they're saying that um, studies actually show that older people are often more highly motivated and persistent than their younger counterparts in training courses. And then when mixed age groups learn together, not only can older people be better students, but their presence frequently motivates younger people to try harder. And older students can make good use of their life experience in helping them deal with new situations and can rely on their greater understanding of people. <laughs> See, we're aligned to the WHO. <laughs> so clearly we're thinking along the right lines. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> All right. Okay. Myth. Um, the second myth. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I had written them down here somewhere. It's um, Oh, right. <laughs> this one's a good one. Creativity and making a contribution is limited to the youth. Making a contribution, like yeah. what money-wise, creativity. I know. I yeah. I mean, 
I think that's kind of vague, but like clearly if you can teach an old dog new tricks, then clearly they're making contributions to society. <laughs> <So>. Oh, contribution to <laughs> right. society. I, I okay, think, okay. Right? Like, that. isn't that making a contribution to like, yeah, I would think. Yeah, but I guess I was trying to wonder in terms of what, like, you know, volunteering, time. Yeah. Um, art. Yeah. Stories. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's, uh, I mean, we could go. We could go back to the WHO and see exactly what they were referring to. What were they um, referring to? So it looks like they were referring to the fact that the myth that a creative that creativity and a productive life are the province of young people is persistent, imposing compulsory retirement ages and linking creativity and societal contribution to economic productivity have largely have largely created this myth. So I guess they're talking about con- yeah contribution to society and contribution to the economic climate. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, clearly your father's friend is debunking that myth all on his own because he's going back to school in his 60s, not only becoming a doctor, but like, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. No, but, but, but that's actually funny, right? Like, because um, don't the retirees actually contribute a lot economically to our society? I would think that they would. Like, weren't they, like, I mean, I would imagine that they'd be like the, the biggest contributor to the cruise lines. <laughs> alone <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> I'm, I'm serious I'm my, being mind, serious. my mind didn't go there <laughs> no i'm just trying to think like like as actual like you know the snowbirds who go to travel to florida every week and i'm just talking about our society yep. like i'm not even talking global globally yep. but i mean i don't know like i feel like they contribute economically. <laughs> to, yeah, no, for sure. And, and it's their retirement fund, so they've contributed pr- their productivity. Yeah. They're reaping the benefits, but then they put it back into the economy by yeah. actually taking advantage of yeah. those benefits. And I mean, I guess, I, I wonder if some of that myth comes about because people, I mean, you know, in a capitalist society, you're thinking about, like, numbers of people who are um, able to consume or buy things, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you would think that a young family with children like that's your kind of market right because like if you're having the 2.4 kids or however many it is like that's a family of four plus who can like buy things but then and and they're all technically young but then i don't know like i i was reading a stat that said that by 2020 the numbers of people 60 and above are going to like be um greater than the number of people who are five and below so i mean and i'm sorry but people five and below don't shop (laughs) so you know that's like a big economic market that you're kind of looking into right yeah i mean i guess they're future consumers but yeah so here's the funny thing right like so technically we're in that age bracket that do get catered to yes right or because, we're, we're slowly leaving that age bracket yeah but, yeah, but yeah like we're sort of still there because most people in this age group have the 2.4 kids yeah. and the house already yeah. yeah because if you're a young parent like like say in your early 20s chances are that maybe you don't have well actually that's a generalization i shouldn't make right like but but i'm what i just mean is like you know they're so young that they may have actually not eased into that whole extra spending that people in their 30s and 40s seem to do right? yeah like the, when you're in 20s you're still sort of getting established in your career and stuff so you yeah. might have children but at the same time you know you're probably starting your career you're so exactly. young exactly yeah well and i mean actually I, not to like totally 
jump to a different topic. But I mean, I think, I feel like that the economic market has kind of changed because, you know, even a few decades ago, people in their 20s were buying houses and, you know, setting up families and things like that. But now that that marker has actually moved down few decades like now people in their 30s and 40s are the ones who are buying houses and setting up families so like maybe that's yeah. what I was thinking of because <laughs> you're right right people did get by to yeah. start younger back yeah. in the day yeah for sure yeah. but also like in terms of creativity like um I mean there are plenty of examples out there of like um artists and yeah. actors and singers and people like doing things like after a certain age yeah right like or after an age you would think that like is considered quote youthful right right yeah so uh i think the example that comes to mind is like wasn't stan lee like 40 or something when he yeah became famous yeah i know and i was just i was just reading that judy dench didn't actually start you know becoming a household name until she was in her 60s like really of, yeah apparently most of her oscar nominations were when she was in her 60s which is mind-blowing but yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, even though she'd been an actress for a long How time. How old is she? Because right? I feel like she's like amazing and I've always known about her. I know. I, know. <laughs> I love her <laughs> very, very much. <laughs> but I don't, yeah. so, you know, but I don't actually know a lot about her. No, I know. I feel like she must be in her 80s by now. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think like, yeah, you're right. Like, so I don't know, creativity. And, and was it? Da Vinci? Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Yeah. Michelangelo was working on St. Peter's Basilica until he was 89. And I think he didn't even, he didn't start until his 70s. So like, yeah, I like definitely creativity isn't, you know, isn't limited, limited to the youth at all. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Okay. So debunked. <laughs> debunked. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we agree with the debunking. Like, yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that bullshit. Um, yeah, it's bullshit. So, um, okay. The next one that I'm coming across here on this list is spending on old, spending on older people is a waste of resources. This is definitely a stupid one. (laughs) But I wonder if a lot of people believe that. You think so? I don't know. I'm curious. I I mean... Uh, I don't know. I feel like with COVID, a lot of like oh. this, these eight, like ageist kind of attitudes kind of came out. You know, it's kind of like, oh, they're older, like really. Oh, that's terrible. I know, I know. But people were thinking things like, oh, you know, the resources should, should be saved for the youngest. Yes, the resources should be saved for younger people, or that you know it's their time, and you know they would have died anyway. That type of thing, which I think is like total BS. But you know. Um, yeah, I, I can I can sort of almost hear people say stupid things like this, where it's like, well, they've lived their they've life. lived their life. Yeah, exactly. They had a they had a long life, and this was just their time. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. Like, we should we should research this and and look into it. Yeah, like you know, like sort of find out. Like, yeah. is this true? I mean, not that they're a waste of resources, but do they actually take up more resources? Yeah. Because uh, I definitely don't think that they're a waste of resource. And, uh, but I just want to know, like, what the... Yeah. Like, what is it that led to this myth, you know? Well, I wonder if some of it is just because as you get older, there are more age-related illnesses that you come, you know, that you now have. And then um, you end up requiring you know, um, increased levels of care, often in, um, like, at least in the medical field, like, what's known as, like, tertiary care, like, level hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, 
for example, like an ICU bed costs more than like home care, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like in that sense, like, Probably. so like, I wonder See, if See, I don't that's... even think in those terms. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think it just comes from like our, like our respective fields. But yeah, like I have a feeling like that's, that may be where it comes from. It's just that older people end up requiring more care um, just because of age-related illnesses. And, and then... babies don't. Well, I mean... Although they are cute. <laughs> but so are old people. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's just like proportionally. The number of elderly who end up needing hospital care mm-hmm. is like different from the number of infants and children that require hospital care, right? So then maybe that that's where it's come from. I mean, it, like... It, it, I wonder, I, yeah, I'm just curious to see how the WHO debunked that. Oh, yeah, look it up. Look yeah. It up. So, yes, so the myth seven is, um, well, myth seven from the list, not our myth seven. We're only going to be looking at like a subset of these, but like, um, yeah, so their comment is that providing services from older people takes away resources from young people is a misconception Mm -hmm. and then they feel that many of the changes needed to improve the quality of life of older people actually benefit all age groups so for example so they so they listed the example of safety measures so for example um, putting safe crossings on busy roads save lives at any age better lighting in the streets and at home reduces the risk of falling for everyone so even though people who are elderly and they're more prone to falling mm-hmm. um even though that could quote be um you know some sort of a resource suck technically lots of people are prone to falling not necessarily just the elderly <laughs> i know i've been prone to falling <laughs> ever since i was I, ever since I can remember. I know. I'm so clumsy. Today, actually, like on our, like, no, today I was, as I was like walking down the steps of my house, I literally stumbled and almost face planted. So <laughs> it's not just the elderly. No, no, definitely not. Um, I've walked into lampposts and tripped on flat ground way too many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, I know. I think about that all the time. I, like, every time there's a near miss, I'm like, that could have been a broken hip. <laughs> anyway. So it's, like, yeah, it's definitely not just the elderly. But anyway, so they talk about things like structural improvements onto such things, such as pavements or obstacles. I think they would benefit all of us, as we have just proven. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and easier... I love that who has written this and we're like, we've just proven it. <laughs> Yes, that's right, people. By reading out this article, <laughs> I know um, we are supporting this <laughs> proof. Um, yeah. So, uh, oh, and actually, this is an interesting. This is an interesting comment that they made. So it says older people, particularly those living alone, cannot use many quote family size products in supermarkets. But packaging supermarket products in smaller sizes for older people living alone can also help students and other single people. Hey. There you go. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That is actually really yeah. cool. So, yeah. So that I I think they I think that they uh they they took they took it. Oh, you know what? I think I was reading the wrong one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore that proof point. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. No, but but that's still relevant information, I think. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I think it, it it does go to show that's basically spending on them and figuring out ways to sort of benefit them and making their lives easier. Can um, help can, can help, help everybody. the broader yeah. society. So I don't think it's actually misplaced. No, really. no, exactly. And actually like I think that like that myth and then another myth that they like 
we're trying to debunk, which is spending on care for older people waste resources, which is actually what we were talking about. So they were also saying that spending on appropriate services for older people can save money because um, then the elderly can be kept mobile and active in their social networks and reduces their need for additional care. So then, um, so for example, if small amounts of money are spent on things like hearing aids and walking aids or ensuring the correct use of like medication, mm-hmm. then it can actually prevent them going into hospitals for, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that. And, and that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's cool. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay, so there's two that are sort of related, but I'll start with one of them. Okay. And it basically says, older people are not suited to the modern workplace. Yeah. You know, I know, I know. Sometimes, sometimes I buy into this for myself, mainly because I I feel like I'm computer illiterate. The numbers are to be fair, you, (laughs) I mean, not that I'm defending that you buy into it. Yeah. But... You've sucked at all social media and technology, like for what the last 10 15 years that I've known you, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook, I refuse to be on Facebook. Yeah, and like, oh, the number of times I screw up Zoom calls is unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm on mute when I don't want to be, I turn on the camera when I'm not supposed to. Like, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, so. And I don't necessarily consider myself elderly. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe in this day and age, like, I am definitely an old. So, and, but yeah, so for myself, sometimes I feel I'm not suited. But what, how do you feel? Um, I don't know. Like, for me, this is one of those cases where it's definitely people specific. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, as I'm saying this about myself being not suited, like, my mom, like, going back to my mom, like, she went right back into the workforce, you know, Mm -hmm. like into her, well into her 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like my dad is probably better suited to figuring out a lot of the techie things. But yeah, but I'm not, I mean, not just techie things, but well, maybe it's a, you know, thing like my sister is younger and she is better at techie and more mechanical things. Yeah. Uh, The example that does come to mind is that when I was younger, I did figure those things out. Yeah. But I think it was more a function of my interest. Mm. So, for example, you know I'm into Korean dramas, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, been that been into them like basically. Oh, it's twenties. It's your early twenties. Yeah, like and so back then, before it was so accessible on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, you actually have to go hunting for them. Oh, so now here Sim is talking about how she's an old person. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> no, no, it's because I actually put in a lot of work into this. I used to go hunting and you had to go to like, um, so I was living in San Francisco at the time. Okay. And I remember I used to go to all the different um, Chinatowns okay. um, in, in those video stores, right? And, and sort of go looking because, you know, Korean dramas were like a subset of Asian dramas, you know, and it's, it was harder to find them. Yeah. And I would sort of go looking for that. And then the, sometimes the translations would be so awful, right? Cause it was like, I guess, computer generated and the translation services weren't that great. Yeah. Um, they were really, really terrible. So what you could do is you could go into online communities and find people who were fans and who would actually sub them properly and have these sub files subtitled subtitled yes yes. (laughs) correct (laughs) just checking sorry so 
what you had to do was sync them up and the time them so that the flight, you know, that the speed of the subtitle track would match the video track. Yeah. And uh, so you could watch them properly. Otherwise it would be out of sequence. Yeah. And I actually used to do that. I would literally go find those dramas, find downloads, whatever, right? Like different sources and, and, and then, you know, reach out to those communities, try and find someone who's subtitling the ones I want to see. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. And I did all that. And uh, I don't know if I would actually do that now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so maybe I buy into it a little bit too, but, but. Or maybe it's one of those things where like, there are certain things that, you know, that you are not willing to kind of, you know, so the, it's more of a time and willing, willingness. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I don't know, I just can't be bothered to get into TikTok yet. Yeah. Or at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I, I could say that, but then I, I'm not even into Facebook. So, I, you know, but once you're like the gateway social media is off limits, then pretty much all social media is <laughs> off limits. <laughs> um, but being suited to the modern workplace, though, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I buy into that. Obviously, most of the CEOs and stuff, right? Like, we're not talking about startups, but like the established companies. Yeah. I'm assuming that most of them are in their 50s and 60s. Yeah, exactly. Or senior executives anyway. Yeah, for sure. A lot of them are 50s and 60s or, you know, um, I don't know if it's older, but... In most cases, like, they seem so competent. Yeah. So, you know, they should be. And they're making so, the big decisions that affect the company, right? So, like... Well, I mean... Okay. Um, I mean, even politically... Yeah. Like, Joe Biden is, like, what, the oldest president to be? Yeah. Um, is he? I think so. Oh, okay. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know that he is... Like, I mean, he's, he's in his late 70s. That's true, but I'm not sure if... I think he's, like, oldest? 79. Okay. I think it's oldest as in at the start of the presidency. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe. I don't know. We should look that up. Yeah. Man, this is where we need to research. Okay, you can tell. Clearly, we don't do all the research we end up talking about. <laughs> we should, though. Um, but yeah, no, but I think I think he is. I think he's the, I think that was one of the talking points of all news outlets is that this is, he's going to be the oldest, uh, or at least one of the oldest yeah. um, presidents uh, that the U.S. has had. But anyway, I mean, I don't know. He seems pretty okay <laughs> yeah no exactly like I mean um yeah I like I I don't know if I totally buy into that like I mean I can understand yeah and then well I mean the other thing is is that like even in my workplace like some people some people continue to work well into their 70s you know and they're still just as enthusiastic and about learning and keeping up with like everything involved in the field um sometimes even more so than people who are younger so yeah i think i really think it's and, and actually dependent. i've kind of seen um the opposite in some ways oh okay um so for example i've heard people in their 40s who act like life has ended <laughs> like they have nothing left to achieve yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. and it's like they don't want to adjust to everything and there's everything is a back in their day yeah conversation there's a fatalistic like as though you know as though death is around the corner death is around the corner <laughs> and 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 adjusting to something new yeah is i mean automatically rejected yeah the concept of adjusting never not just in the workplace but like just anything in general yeah so i feel like i've, I've come across the people like that too and yeah so I don't know if it has anything to do with age so much as that yeah. just 
the, their attitude. Honestly, it's just like, I, I really think, like a lot of these things, it's like making these broad generalizations about people who are older when really it's all about the individual and their attitudes towards life, right? In some ways, like... But then people say like stereotypes exist for a reason. <laughs> of it happens. So where do you stand on that? Yeah. Just curious. I don't know. I, I, I Yeah, I, I feel like you just have to take things on a case-by-case basis, right? Like I think generalizations can be problematic <laughs> in all walks of life <laughs> okay okay what's so the last one the last one related it's basically it the experiences of older people have little relevance in modern society okay hmm that's interesting so what exactly did they mean by that i don't know like, I feel like all of it was talking along those lines, right? Yeah. Like, you're not creative enough. You don't do it. Like, so everything yeah. is basically making them sound irrelevant. Yeah. Whereas I feel like we've been showing that it isn't. Yeah. Or at least saying it isn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all with anecdotal evidence, obviously. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So the experience of older people has little relevance in, in modern society. I don't know. I don't know where it's, like what that even means to yeah. actually respond to it because right off the top of my head I'm like are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Why would it have any relevance? I know. Like... Don't we call it wisdom? Yeah. I mean that's exactly it, right? And then also like going back to like what we've talked about in previous podcasts, like history does repeat itself. And so if you don't learn from the people who've lived from it before, then you're kind of bound to repeat the same mistakes. So like I So don't... who's the more stupid one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I, yeah, but I, I, I don't know if I Having that said at that all. though, do you remember when you were a teenager? Yeah. Did you ever feel like what do your parents know? And Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just like you don't know me. You don't know how I live. Yeah. You don't know anything. <laughs> that was in your time. It, it's not like that in today's world. Exactly. Um, yeah, maybe. But then, like, but the thing is, is then, like, as I've grown older, I've realized how much they did know, and like, really, I should have been listening to them the whole time. <laughs> so, Mia culpa. Sorry, mom and dad. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that. And the thing is, is that the amount of things that older people do for their kids and their grandkids, like, I don't know that they have, you know what I mean? I I don't think they're irrelevant in modern society. I don't think they've ever been irrelevant. It's, 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 and it's strange that it is strange that there is that myth around that. Yeah. I mean, but as I'm thinking about it, I feel like maybe not, directly but I feel like maybe indirectly as a society and I'm, I'm not saying that we do this yeah um as individuals necessarily but yeah. this institutional um ageism ageism yeah sort of does propel that in some ways yeah right like like like, like you were you mentioned this earlier like when it comes to marketing they market a certain subset yeah. they they disregard or discount except for niche products yeah um you know um the more aging populations right like yeah. the world society like living from living conditions like downtown is for the the young yeah and, and the suburbians are for the 30s and the 40s and and you know and, yeah and then you have the i don't know retirement homes or something for yeah. the older people so it, i don't know like it's just 
Yeah, I see what you mean. And the thing is, is that like, yeah. And, like and, we kind of force those stereotypes over them and sort of like put them in the, per- push them more towards the periphery yeah. of life. Yeah. Um, or, in some even ways. Like, or even the fact that there is mandatory retirement. I mean, that kind of reinforces that too. It's just like, oh, you've served your use. Now please leave, you know, so. Make room for the young. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, and that's actually true. Like in the sense, not, I mean, not that it's a true concept, but that people think that way because yeah. I've read a number of articles where, or viewpoints where yeah. it's kind of like, you know, people complain that the reason they're not able to make progression in their career is because the older people are still are still in their jobs and still in their jobs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah. A lot of these myths are perpetuated by, I guess, society's ageism, and uh, with the caveat that we're talking about Western society's ageism. Very true. Yeah. Sorry, I right. should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of this is like. North American, North yeah, American, North American, Western like our experiences yeah. of what we're seeing. And yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, yeah, because like I mean, we'll probably end up talking about that in another podcast. But it's it's interesting to see how different cultures view the elderly. So yeah, um, so stay tuned. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I think I th- yeah, there is this kind of institutional ageism that like perpetuates these myths. Um, even though we know, like even though we do know of of um, of even like stories that are personal to us where these myths are completely debunked mm-hmm. and um yeah and yet we you know we still continue to kind of perpetuate them or live by them so but yeah i'm i'm yeah it's just interesting that the who put out this like pamphlet it's a little bit it's a little bit eye opening and i remember like when we actually looked at some of the myths like we were kind of aghast we're like how could they say that that's so mean <laughs> but yeah but i I'm, I'm wondering if they they felt that the need to address those myths were there yeah which is actually worrisome i know it really is <laughs> cuz i mean i don't know like i see I mean, you know, it's funny because I do see my parents getting older. Not that I'm not, but <laughs> but my parents, you know, like they're, uh, you know, in their 60s now. And, and I kind of do catch myself sort of thinking, oh, but he seems so frail. Like, mm. you know, and I worry. And, and yeah. um, you know, my mom, oh, she seems so different from sometimes and it takes me aback right because I mean you're used to sort of thinking of your parents as the problem solvers and then when I go home and I sort of see that you know my mom is not quite like she doesn't quite walk the same way yeah or I don't know just certain little things here and there you know that I think it throws me off and sort of no I know like it happened it it often happened because I I don't live with my parents and they like they live in a different province and so like I would visit them all the time and so for the longest time like I would you know come home for Christmas and you would like in my 20s they were just my parents and then like later on at one point I remember I would like come down the escalator to see them like awaiting you in kind of like the visiting area and I'd see my father and I'd be like oh my gosh he's an old man now (laughs) and it was like really shocking to me you know like but yeah, I don't know. Like it still doesn't, um, it's, I don't know. It still doesn't, their age doesn't discount their life or their experiences. Or oh, absolutely like so, not. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's interesting to see how society may potentially view them. But like when you, but when you on an individual level see these people, they're not, 
they don't match. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. I, I'm actually reminded of, of um, this whole conversation around um, dressing a certain way. Yeah. And um, having that argument, like, with my parents, with, like, you know, this is, like, 20, 20 years ago or so. Like, okay. where it's, like, my dad would be, like, are you wearing that when you're going out, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, just aghast. <laughs> And my mom would be like, well, that's what they wear these days, you know, and, and <laughs> leave her alone, you know. <laughs> and, and and I've seen plenty of movies and stuff, too, right, yeah. where that's played out. So yeah. clearly it's a stereotype that sort of... Um, uh, it exists for a reason. It exists for a reason. Yeah. But it just reminded me, like, as you were saying, like, you know, the parents and, like, you know, the, how things change. I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, I just remember, like, that used to be a thing. Whereas now I'd probably be the person who'd be like, why is she wearing that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm totally channeling my father, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's I funny. know it's history repeating itself. <laughs> At least it's not in a bad way. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. But, but that was actually it's fun, like just to sort of go through this. I didn't realize that the WHO good find. Like uh, when you told me about this, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> Why? Why do they need this? But you know, it's kind of fun to sort of see where you um, stand on these issues, right? Yeah. Like. Um, and uh, I'm kind of feeling a little bit good about ourselves that we kind of don't necessarily, we, well, we self-selected ourselves and, and declared ourselves as, you know, bias-free when it comes to this. Yeah, events. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that brings me to an interesting point, because, like, are there any stereotypes that you buy into, do you think? Oh, girl, that's for a different conversation. <laughs> Uh, so maybe yeah actually we should talk about that next time yeah for sure so okay all right topic finalized great (laughs) well on that on that note um i guess you know maybe we'll end it here for today yeah sounds good and uh yeah Yeah. we'll uh look forward to catching up with you next week yeah well actually before we let them go um so yeah so just remember uh to email us at dtmmlo1 at gmail.com or does this make me look old at gmail.com um yeah actually tell us about any myths that you have come across um or myths that you think are utter bullshit yeah and that you've you've debunked in your own personal life and or myths that you actually think are real you know that maybe we should that they exist for a reason yeah exactly um yeah and uh yeah check us out on insta and uh twitter and we'll talk to you later all right (laughs) bye bye